It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Stock up and stock down from the Washington Commanders training camp as we move closer to the end of week two. And some news and notes as one player hits waivers, making way for a new edition. All of that right now on the Locked On Commanders podcast. Your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome in, Commanders fans, to the Locked On Commanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, free and available on all platforms. And we thank you for making us your first listen of the day or first view if you're checking out checking us out on YouTube or on the WUSA 9 Plus app. The CBS affiliate in Washington, D.C., WUSA 9 has a new app that is a game changer for local news and sports. Just download the app from your Roku or Amazon Fire TV stick. I'm David Harrison. Covering your commanders for Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. My co-host is Chris Russell, the Rooster, one half of the Russell and Medhurst show, which you can find on the Team 980 Monday through Friday live, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern, or anytime along with the show on the Odyssey app. When we're not there, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at DHarrison82. Chris is at WrestleMania621. And the show is at LO Commanders. All right, David. And as uh, David mentioned, thank you, as always, for making us your first view and listen of the day, wherever you are and however you're consuming LOC. We appreciate you, David. Let's start with training camp report as we reach, uh, what, uh, the, the, almost the two-week mark of camp, uh, and, uh, or, or I should say about a week and a half in or so. Uh, and, of course, with the open practice coming up at FedEx Field, on Saturday night in front of, you know, hopefully a uh, you wrote this up on SI.com's Fan Nation. It's in two different pieces. We'll put up the links at LO Commanders um, in just a little bit uh, so that everybody can refer to it and click on it and, uh, and check out David's work and all of the good work at SI.com uh, covering the Commanders. But you had three guys that you isolated as stock up. Now, you've been at practice every single day, so you've been watching not only the top guys and the big-name guys, but some of the guys maybe a little bit more towards the bottom of the roster or certainly battling for a roster spot. Yeah, Chris, you know, there's a lot of guys who have, have I, I like to say, making some money for themselves, even though you know, they're not going to get raises necessarily for doing well in training camp. But I, I like to use that term. Uh, but yeah, guys who, who have stood out, uh, among the rest and I really kind of focused because so I did a, a stock up stock down we'll talk about both obviously and I kind of focused really on the wide receiver tight end and cornerback groups just because they are kind of the most interesting groups I know everybody wants to talk about quarterback everybody wants to talk about linebackers but really when you talk about who's really making a splash and who's kind of getting left behind those are kind of the most active groups from from where I'm sitting so I kind of stayed there and uh, I kind of cheated as well because it's supposed to be three up three down but really my ups, there were four of them. So Dax Milne, wide receiver, uh, number 15 on your programs, number one in your hearts. Look, you know, I, I didn't see Dax in person last year. Right? If you've been watching the show or listening to the show since I joined it or since before I joined it even, you know that, you know, I wasn't on ground last year with you and, and with everybody else. So my impressions of Dax were from tape and, and some films that, that I had access to and then watching him on TV 
on Sundays and everything like that, just like everybody else. But coming in here and talking to everybody else, he's put on some weight. It looks like he's a little bit bigger, so he's going to be a little bit stronger, which will help in his separation, help getting off the line of scrimmage and all that stuff. But the speed doesn't look like it's gone anywhere. And his footwork, I mean, there have been some reps, honestly, where he his footwork is so, so, so solid off the line of scrimmage into the route, into the stem, into the break that honestly, I stop watching after like he gets out of the break and I stop watching because whatever happens after that, he still won that route, regardless of if the pass mm-hmm. was completed for one reason or another. Uh, and there just have been some moments where, you know, you always try to keep your composure. But there have been some routes that he's run that kind of made me, you know, I don't want to say I, you know, I stood up and cheered necessarily because that's not what happened either, but definitely got a reaction out of me. Uh, so Dax Milne, and then you had the added special teams ability uh, there, certainly making some some headway for himself. I mean, to me, the roster lock. Like, I don't know if anybody else out there thinks he's a bubble guy. I don't think he's a bubble guy. I think he's on the roster. In fact, I think you're for your first five spots, really, you know, Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson, Curtis Samuel, if he's healthy, uh, Dax Milne, and then I have Cam Sims in there. Uh, as well, another guy who is who's doing pretty well for himself in training camp. So for me, five receiver slots are already determined. It's going to be the 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 last two if if they do carry seven uh, again this season. Then I moved to tight ends, and this is where I cheated because I put Samus Samus Reyes and Curtis Hodges. Um, and you know, Samus he's he's a great story, right? But he's a guy that unfortunately we didn't get to see during the OTAs. We didn't get to see during minicamp because uh, he was dealing with some things but back for training camp and he had a really good day uh, early on, had three catches during a two minute drill, a uh, two minute drive drill and really kind of showed out there. And then blocking, he's, he's still a very solid blocker as you would ex- expect. Curtis Hodges, for me, he might be more of a winner or more of a stock up type guy because more so because of the expectations, right? He's, he's a little bit of a slimmer guy. Doesn't look like he, he had an imposing character. And again, he right. was, he was banged up uh, during the earlier part of the offseason program as well. So coming into training camp, you didn't really know exactly what you were going to get from him. You saw some of the athleticism, some of the catching ability, receiver ability that you didn't really have a lot of doubts in anyway. But then when the pads came on, he was popping, he was blocking, he was moving up to the second level, shedding his first block, getting up to the next level, helping to open up lanes and holes for the running back. So really looking like an all-around type of guy. So those two guys making this job really, really hard for, for Ron Rivera and his staff to decide how many tight ends they're going to carry and whoever gets left behind. Who is it going to be and, and, and how long are they going to be able to stash him for? And then finally, Benjamin St. Juice, the cornerback, moving from the outside uh, into the inside. And I put him on there really, and I really wanted to emphasize him because he's a guy that I've been worried about. I, you know, Coming into the whole thing, the whole mm-hmm. taking over the nickel job and all that, I was kind of worried about whether he had the fluidity to do it, the feet to do it. Early on, he kind of looked a little stiff in the hips, kind of you know trying to flip him in transition and, and stay with guys. Uh, Curtis Samuel kind of gave him some work uh, here one of these days and it just it just kind of raised some eyebrows for me, and I just kind of wanted to see a little bit better in zone. Looks good, no problem, no issue. And man, that's where I had some issues. But as the days went on, there was even one day during the individual drills where they're just you know the coaches out there and they're giving them a back, a left, a right, and turn, you know, catch the ball. Even in that, you could see the fluidity start to really start to build, and he's lining up with other guys that are kind of known for that, and you can see him kind of keeping up. Uh, with with the uh, the agility that those guys have, and then in the one on ones, as soon as the pads went on, uh, Benjamin St. Juice is winning matchup after matchup, and he's really holding his out his own out there. Plus, you still see defensive backs coach Chris Harris pulling him to the side, coaching him up, and Benjamin St. Juice is going out there taking all that knowledge and putting it into production on the field. 
Yeah, I'm going to go uh, for my three up. I'm going to go with some bigger names. One, a rookie, though, and that's Brian Robinson Jr. I know you had a quote from Charles Leno uh, on Thursday after the morning walkthrough about you know his style of back and being the type of guy that he wants to block for. I think Brian Robinson, one thing to keep in mind for uh, and remind people about, even though Antonio Gibson has been an NFL running back for the last two years, we all know about the following issues. We all know about some of the injury concerns. But remember, there's a lot that goes into the vision and the anticipation and the cutbacks. And that's one thing that Antonio Gibson just didn't arrive here with, David, and still is trying to find and develop because, again, he was a college-wide receiver, not an NFL running back. That's one thing that might be in the favor of Brian Robinson, uh, the third-round pick from Alabama. And then just quickly kind of wrapping up uh, on the three-up um, you know, in terms of uh, my stock up, I should say. And again, this is maybe low-hanging fruit, Jahan Dotson. I know Ron talked about him playing bigger than his size. I covered Pierre Garçon when he was here in 2012, and I always used to say to Pierre, look, dude, you're listed at 6'2", 215. You play about 6'2", 220, you know, 225 yeah. because he can go up and get it. He can use his body as a shield. Jahan is not that big, not even as big as... Pierre Garcon was listed and naturally, but Jahan somehow plays a little bit bigger than his size. He's not teeny weeny. Uh, we know about his catch radius and all of that. And then Kendall Fuller, uh, I think, you know, look, I think he's pressed in man um, and challenged in man, which is why they play a lot more zone, even though they want to play more man. I don't know if I don't know how they're going to deal with that because there's other guys. You mentioned one of them, St. Juice, who normally is better in man certainly William Jackson the third. I don't know how they're going to do all this, David, but Kendall Fuller, when he's in zone and when he's comfortable, especially early in years, the last two years, he is really, really, really good. Now, he tails off a little bit towards the end, so that's something to keep an eye on. But Kendall Fuller, when he's fresh and spry, he's still pretty darn good and everything that the commanders thought they were getting when they paid for him. All right, coming up next on the Locked On Commanders podcast, we have a bunch of news and notes, plus our stock down as we look towards the open practice at FedEx Field on Saturday. That's next right here on LOC. But first, guys, level with me. We've all been in a situation at some point in our lives when we're a little bit light on cash. If you work in radio, you're always light in cash. Uh, maybe you could only afford to put a few gallons in ga of gas in your tank, or uh, if you get another save the date for a wedding or an anniversary, you're kind of wondering, how are you going to afford a gift that maybe won't embarrass you? That's where Dave can help. If you're living paycheck to paycheck or struggling to make ends meet, it can be really stressful when unexpected expenses come up. And now our friends at Dave can help you get out of a pinch when you really need it. Hindsight is 2020. You can't change the past, but what if you could get a little help from your future self? Well, that's a good question. Maybe you'd ask to borrow a little bit of cash, and now you can again with Dave. Dave is the banking app that can help you get up to $500 instantly with extra cash. That's more money to fill up your tank, buy that wedding gift, or catch up on bills, or maybe have a good time for yourself. You can finally tackle those expenses that have been stressing you out without any hangups. There's no interest and no credit check needed. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app, and now you can too to get the financial relief you need and they need with extra cash. So if you're in a pinch, need some extra help, download Dave and think of it as a helping hand 
from future you. Download the Dave app in the App Store right now. That's D-A-V-E. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve, member FDIC. And of course, future you will thank you. Hey guys, it's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line, or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can listen to alternate routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. All right, thanks once again for making the Hot Dog Commanders podcast your first listen and your first view of the day. So, uh, David, just finishing up the stock down, again, you wrote this up uh, in two different pieces, SI.com and Fan Nation covering the Commanders. And I I wanted to ask you, basically, uh, where you kind of go with your stock down, because I have a couple of bigger names, if you will, that might cause some controversy. So I'll I'll set you up and you can go first. I'm I'm looking forward to that. So uh, my name's not not quite as big as yours, I imagine. And and, and that's fine. But uh, again, I kind of stuck with the wide receiver, cornerback, tight end groups. Right. And from a wide receiver position, uh, it's Mark and Michelle. And again, if you've been listening to the show, Mark and Michelle is a guy. Uh, who who impressed during OTAs? He impressed during the mini camps, and uh, perhaps what kind of elevated some of the some of the hopes and dreams and expectations for me coming to training camp is the fact that he was hitting and connecting on a lot of deep routes with Taylor Heineke, and that's something uh, that we haven't seen a lot of, you know, during Taylor's time uh, on on a football field. So to see that and to, to hopefully continue to see that was was something I was really looking forward to. It just kind of hasn't happened and come together. Uh, for him out here on the practice. So it doesn't say he hasn't made any catches or made any plays, just not quite at the clip that you would want him to in order to really kind of be considered uh, a competitor for one of those last, you know, two, one or two spots uh, on the on the 53-man roster. Um, you know, there were some thoughts that maybe he would jump into some of the special teams duties, but really hasn't, hasn't been doing a whole lot of that, it doesn't look like. So, you know, he's the kind of a guy who's kind of starting to tail off a little bit, but, you know, there's always time. It's it's only, we've only been through eight days of practice so far, and and, uh, of course, when the fans enter the stadium on Saturday, that's an op- that's a big opportunity to go out there uh, and make some noise for yourself. And then going to the cornerback room, Corn Elder, the veteran. You know, uh, he's a savvy veteran. He's he's around the ball a lot, but when you talk about interceptions and kind of really making those splash plays, not as many in training camp as we saw again during OTAs and and and, and uh, the the mini camp. Now, what where this is really going to hurt Corn uh, is that there are other players like you know Christian Holmes is flashing from time to time, obviously. Percy Butler, I know Percy's a safety, but when you talk about DBs, you know, coaches, it is, it's a certain amount of corners, a certain amount of safeties, but then you also have just a certain amount of DBs because so many of these guys can potentially do other things for you. Uh, so corn specifically competing against some of those cornerbacks like Christian Holmes, but he is con- just kind of competing in that defensive backfield. 
uh, as a whole. Of course, Benjamin St. Juice. And the way I look at it, Kendall Fuller, William Jackson, Benjamin St. Juice, I think they're locks, obviously, for the roster. Christian Holmes is looking really good, so I feel like he's probably going to make the roster. That's four. Danny Johnson right now is is basically your backup nickel. Like When they go to second-team nickel, Danny Johnson is a guy, or Benjamin St. Juice getting a little bit extra coaching real quick. Danny Johnson comes in, and he's made some plays while he's been in there as well. So really, you've already got maybe five corners that are kind of holding on to roster spots. So for Corn Elder, you know, there, there's maybe one spot. I don't know how many exactly they're going to keep, but there might only be one spot left, and, and he's the veteran kind of going after it. So he's got to come out there and show uh, that he's going to take a hold of it instead of just kind of wait for it to land in his lap. And then tight end Armani Rogers. And this one I kind of really feel bad about because, I mean, it's it's the second week of training camp. He's an undrafted free agent. Like, how can you say stock down on a guy like this? Just the fact that you're on a football field is a win, and it is. But right now, Chris, he's the only tight end really not making big splashes kind of every single day. So he is very clearly falling behind the class. That's not like he doesn't look bad for an undrafted tight end. It's just everybody else, even the undrafted guy like Curtis Hodges and, and then the, uh, you know, the international player, Sam Reyes, they look kind of really further uh, advanced than, than what Rodgers is showing right now. Still, practice squad, I mean, hey, there are a lot of guys out there that would, would do a lot of things for a practice squad spot in the National Football League. Absolutely, no doubt about it. All right, I'm going to keep this up. What's that old acronym, KISS, keep it simple, stupid? Well, listen, <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, I'm probably not going to endear myself to many Commanders fans here by, 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 by saying this. Uh, but my stock down is going to be uh, three guys that I need to see more of and I need to see more consistency of health, uh, performance, what have you. Um, so I'm going to start with Carson Wentz, right? We all know that we talk about Carson a lot. We all know that it's the problem is, is when it's not pretty and when it's not there. And they're still, I know it's early. I know they just put on the pads. Again, I don't think the pads really affect the timing of, 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 of the passing game as much as maybe people make it out. Maybe I'm missing something there. Um, you know, I know, you know, they, they went wide receivers corners and all that stuff. The other day, fine. Uh, it, this is a build in progress. I understand it's a totally new system and maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's a bad thing. I understand there's a growing curve. I understand he didn't practice with Terry McLaurin until like what early July or mid July or whatever it was. I get it all. I get all the reasons, all the excuses. I just need more out of my starting quarterback. I've seen so much bad quarterback play here. I can't take it anymore. I've seen the worst I've seen dreadful and he's not dreadful but he's far, far from the answer right now. And it's going to take a long time to drop my guard and my reservation. I'll move on from there and just say this. Curtis Samuel is another guy that right now I, I want to believe, I want to buy in, I want to say, hey, they're doing the right thing, taking care of him, going slow, ramping him up, ramping him down like an escalator, all that stuff. I, I, may, maybe this is the sports talk radio guy in me. I don't have much patience left. I don't have much patience left, and I want to see, like, I don't know, the ability to go out and practice like a regular football player and be able to help this team. Again, maybe that's asking for too much. Maybe that's dumb. Maybe that's ignorant. That's just what I feel. That's just what I want to see. I want it so badly to work out for Curtis Samuel and the commanders that I just need to see more. And then lastly, I'll say this. For a guy looking for a contract, I, I watched Ron Payne closely uh, when I was out at practice earlier this week, David. And I saw a lot of the same problem that I always tend to see with Deron Payne, which is 
hot and cold, motor on, motor off. One play, uh, he jumped the snap, right? They got him on a hard count. He got back online or on sides, and then he literally, like, went through the motion, and he was just kind of jogging and lollygagging his way through the play. Now, again, that that's not every play. I want to be careful to not right. label somebody with a – you know, a broad brush, but I've seen too many times in Deron Payne's career where he is hot and he is cold. When he's hot, he's great. When he's cold, he's invisible. And I need to see more consistency, more effort, more motor, more everything from Deron Payne if he wants that big contract that we know he wants that he partially held out of OTAs for. Mm -hmm. We know he's going to get from somewhere but the question is, is should it be from here? And if it's going to be from here, I need to see more. I need to see more consistency. So that's my three down. Yeah. I mean, look, you know, I'll, I'll say I'll say this. I mean, the, the Carson conversation, I think, well, honestly, we might be able to make it a full episode. So I'm not going to get too deep into that. We will talk about that uh, at a later time. And hopefully, look, some of our listeners, viewers out there, drop us a line on what your expectations are on Carson Wentz in this first year as the as the starting quarterback of the Washington Commanders. Maybe the only year. Who knows? You know what I mean? Um and, and I think that's where a good conversation is realistic expectations for Carson Wentz. I think that we can do that for another show here later on down the line. But when it comes to Duran, yeah, you need to see that production. There is there is a formational thing that I've seen this team start to uh, to, to do in practice that I'm not going to give away publicly because I don't think that Jack Del Rio would probably appreciate that too much. But it is very exciting, and I hope that we get to see uh, some of these things that we're seeing uh, on the practice field in games and game situations. Um, last thing, I mean, really the big thing about Curtis and the only I'm on that side too, where I'm kind of like weary about this whole, you know, ramping him up, bringing him down thing. But I will tell you this, this is the only counter I have for that possibly is on Wednesday when he was out there in pads, didn't do the one-on-ones, but he did everything else. And he looked good. He did not look like a guy that had missed practice. So if that's what you get. Even after you shut him down for three or four days, I'm starting to believe that maybe, okay, that, that could be. A thing that works, but of course, that is a story that is still to be told over the next four or so weeks before we get to the regular season. But we still have to get to another segment on this show. We got some news, some notes, some exciting things happening around the Washington Commanders that we're going to talk about, and we're going to do so thanks to our friends at BetOnline.net because they are the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs, find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. You can find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball. Uh, where the San Diego Padres, congratulations, you will be the World Series champions. Uh, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in game betting scores and podcasts. They have you covered for it all. Head to bet online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening right now. Bet online, where the game starts. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Final segment of the Locked On Commanders podcast here to wrap up the week, kind of. Chris will be at FedEx Saturday night. I will be, uh, I don't know, at that point in time, I think I'll be about 10 hours into a 14-hour road trip to Tampa, Florida, where I will be spending the next week 
covering Buccaneers training camp, and then I will be back on the Commander's Beat here. Uh, we're going to still have you covered next week. Chris will record an episode after practice Saturday night. We'll drop that. That will be our our last episode until Tuesday. So that will kind of be our Monday drop, right? It's just going to drop on Saturday. So you got all weekend to check that out. Or if you want to wait till Monday, your commute or whatever you do normally to check that out, by all means, go ahead and do that. And then we will be back with you again Tuesday morning, Monday night on YouTube uh, as usual. And then the rest of the week. And then I will be back before you know it. And we'll be talking Washington Commanders live in-person observations again. But Chris, we have some news and notes that we got to get to before we close out of this week. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a bunch going on, including, um, you know, one thing that's cool, we know the Pro Football Hall of Fame induction ceremonies is this weekend, but maybe Commanders fans, uh, you know, didn't realize this because I forgot about it. Uh, a defensive line coach for the Commanders, certainly an interesting position group. Sam Mills III, who's been a part of this coaching staff since Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio took over, he's going to be part of honoring and enshrining his late father, David, former Carolina Panthers linebacker, the great late Sam Mills. He was the one to receive the news this past February uh, as part of his dad's induction and obviously a tremendous honor for the Mills family. And I know Sam uh, the third this you know it strikes me every time at this year though and this is we're not the only ones right that the hall of fame is one a wonderful place i i get to go to canton quite a bit because my kids live there uh and it would be a better place if guys like Joe Jacoby, uh, who was, of course, a leader and one of the great patriarchs, if you will, of the Hogs, left tackle Jake, Joe Jacoby, and my colleague at uh, Odyssey DC 1067, the fan, uh, Brian Mitchell, were in the hallowed halls or at least strongly up for consideration. And that's part of the problem, too. It's not like they're just missing. They're not there. And yet everyone feels around here, Washington, D.C., and in Command Central, that they both belong in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So here's hoping that they one day soon uh, get there. But uh, again, a tremendous honor for the Mills family as well uh, on the induction of Sam Mills, the former Carolina linebacker. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think every fan base uh, and even media circle has like certain players from their franchise or the Mm -hmm. franchise that covers history that they feel are being snubbed. But I mean, some of these, some of these are very, very easy to kind of, you know, not, not understand, but kind of justify and say like, this is why this guy deserves to be in there. So uh, very good. But, but yeah, I mean, very happy for the Mills family. Sam Mills, one of my favorite linebackers when I was coming up as a young football fan. Uh, so, so very happy to see him getting, you know, the recognition he deserves and seeing his son be able to, to go and, and do that with him. Or Absolutely. Him. Uh, in addition, David, the team filled out and made a roster move. Uh, you had reported this earlier, uh, along with others, uh, Drew White, uh, who um, unfortunately tore his ACL. Uh, he has been put on, uh, he has been waived, injured. Uh, if he clears the waivers process, he'll revert back to the commander's uh, injured reserve and they can retain his rights, rehab him, you know, all that stuff, get him ready again for a shot next year. But they did with that open roster spot signed cornerback Devontae Bosby, uh, Bosby, uh, who was with the USFL New Jersey Generals, and my unofficial count is 10 now NFL teams uh, for Devontae Bosby. Uh, And again, he's added to that corner group. You were mentioning Corn Elder earlier. Who knows? Maybe he pushes him off the the roster bubble or or something like that. Uh, Maybe there's an injury that we don't know about, but Clearly, they like something about him, even though he hasn't been able to stay with the team. And, oh, by the way, one other thing, he's been taking command for a while. You know how? 
He played yeah. for the San Antonio Commanders. Yeah, there you go. That, so, that, I mean, that was that was their that was their slogan too. So yeah. he's I mean he's used to taking command. I mean he's a vet. Like he's, he's I mean he's coming to show everybody else how to take command. Yeah. Really, if how you think about command. it. Um, yeah. I, Is he going to tell you how to take command? Uh, I'm good. I've taken okay. I've taken command plenty of times. Um, uh, <laughs> Uh, I thought it was interesting. No linebacker. I think, you know, the, the more we get into this, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I was telling a few other people too, like, I think that when, you know, cause Ron Rivera continuously, you know, said like, yeah, yeah we, you know, probably should address the linebacker position, address the linebacker position, address the linebacker position. And it never happened. I think they have addressed the linebacker position. It kind of goes into some of the things, uh, that we, that we've seen in practice and during training camp. Uh, they've, they've addressed it by essentially trying to minimize the importance of it. And uh, it's kind of smart if you think about it. Really, it, it's you know they're not addressing it by bringing in a veteran; they're addressing it by making their defense less linebacker dependent. Yeah, no doubt about it. And that is something we've speculated on that they were planning on doing. Whether you look at a five-one-five alignment or a four-two-five alignment, there's all sorts of different things. And with the increased uh, emphasis on the Buffalo nickel, certainly uh, that is a big thing. And, and David, before we hit the road, uh, one thing we should mention: the team also uh, announced on um, on 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 Friday. Uh, I, I should say on. Um, uh, Thursday, <laughs> excuse me. I got my days uh, all mixed they up. The together. team also announced uh, that they will be uh, inducting Mike Bass into the franchise's mm-hmm. Ring of Fame on the season opener against the Jacksonville. Jaguars. You're not old enough to remember, and I would include myself in this mix because mm-hmm. his most notable moment happened when I wasn't even born in the Super mm-hmm. Bowl, a touchdown return against the undefeated Miami Dolphins in the command in the Commanders Washington NFL franchise's first ever Super Bowl appearance. He had a touchdown return. So congratulations all these years later to Mike Bass. Absolutely. Yeah. 1973. My father, I don't know, around that time probably was never imagining that I would be in existence, let alone watching football. So and yet here you are stuck here with me. We are aren't stuck you lucky? with you and <laughs> watching, watching a team covering a team that I watched, uh, win a Super Bowl. I want to say that was one of the Super Bowls that that was played while we lived in Germany and had like three channels to watch. So, uh, yeah, good times. Well, I mean, at least you got to watch. It's been a long time since anybody around here got to watch anything good. All right. Thanks <laughs> for making the Locked On Commanders podcast your first listen and your first view of the day. Now, of course, make the second listen and view Locked On NFL podcast, our national NFL experts and insiders, keeping fans dialed in with the biggest stories and the latest news from our all around the league because training camp it doesn't equal a break in the action. As David mentioned, I'll be back with an episode uh, that we'll record from FedEx Field and publish on Sunday. So make sure you check that out. Uh, and then David will uh, join us, rejoin us, uh, as he mentioned, from Tampa later on next week. We will have you covered as the commanders head towards their preseason opener against the Carolina Panthers. If you want to hop in, 301-615-3577 on the voicemail or Locked on Washington Commanders at gmail.com or David Harrison, who's covering the Washington Commanders for SI.com's Fan Nation. I'm Chris Russell, one half of the Russell and Matt Hurst Show on the Team 980. Please be safe, be kind to one another. Don't drive like a maniac like Marquise Hollywood Brown did. And thank you for joining us right here 
on the Locked On Commanders podcast. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.